0: hey guys welcome to the show my name is Kristen I'm your host and life coach and this is modern day Asians this week I've invited my peer Nathan Kwan from the same coaching Institute that we've enrolled in this year in this episode we'll talk about his upbringing life in Canada, and where he is with his healing self-discovery journey. We will cover how he navigates his masculine identity as an Asian male, overcoming his darkest place with depression and suicidal thoughts, as well as reflecting and honoring his grandfather who has recently passed away. Wow, it was such a deep one, and I am proud to share his story to those who may resonate. This is Nathan's story.
1: I currently build a life coaching business and I'm also, um, in a full-time job right now. I work at, on the mountain and, um, yeah, I snowboard a lot. And, uh, yeah, it's like my, my gig while I'm building my coaching business, uh, in my free time. And, um, Yeah, I've had a lot of diverse experience um, in the corporate world uh, before this, before COVID happened, and um, I exited the corporate world when COVID happened um, to really step into creating the life that I want, and um, that has led me to here. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and we can't wait to get to know you more on what that journey has then like for you um so we will get mm-hmm. into that later can you tell everyone what your ethnic background is
1: yeah i am 100 percent chinese i was born and raised here in vancouver in canada and yeah my parents are from hong kong they immigrated here um i'm not exactly sure in the year but like my mom was here for high school so she was here in her teens, and my dad came in when he when he was around 20, 20-ish years old. So second-generation Chinese-Canadian, and yeah, that's me.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing. I'm also second-generation Chinese-American, so your neighbors were really close yeah. to each other, but... Mm-hmm. We have different experiences and Mm, I'd like to hear, yeah, I would love to hear your experiences starting with your household and the dynamics with your family. If you, what were your parents like? If you have any siblings as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. um, I do have a younger brother, four years younger. Uh, His name's Victor. I love him very much, and uh, the dynamic of the family was um, there was a lot of love and experiences that we shared together, very beautiful experiences that I'm very, very grateful for, and also um, there was a lot of conflict. Uh, My mom and dad were always fighting growing up, And I was always kind of the mediator between the two. And um, there was always this felt sense that uh, they were going to get a divorce at some point. Mm -hmm. And because my dad, at one point, pretty early on in my life, when I was about four years old, uh, he cheated on my mom and uh and when i officially found out i already kind of felt what was going on between mom and dad um there was a lot of conflict and the 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 anger that my mom was experiencing was was like i was taking the grunt of it right and um and so from a very early age i Really made it my priority to make sure Mom was happy. And what that looked like was you know doing well in school, getting good grades, you know the the classic <laughs> classic um Asian family story. um and yeah when when I officially found out what my dad did, I remember at that point i the whole family me my mom and my brother made him the villain and we and so in essence I had to almost kind of step up as the man of the family Mm -hmm. and and I was only nine years old so (laughs) so so at that point um it was just double downing on even on on doing the school thing and just getting good grades, and at 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 a at a certain point, I, um, I started to rebel against that because I didn't like. I felt like I wasn't I wasn't doing anything for myself, and I started to go the other way and um defy my mom and and my dad, and uh, yeah, and that brought me down. A very interestingly dark path that uh, i'm happy to share more about um but yeah that that was kind of the the dynamic between my mom and dad just a lot of conflict not much affection between the two of them Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and um yeah yeah
0: Yeah. was was there a parent that was stronger than the other in terms of parenting who was more direct Mm
1: -hmm. great question I remember before, and this was like a very recent acknowledgement of what was actually true is that I remember my dad actually being super caring and wanting to listen and like actually care about what I had to say and play with me also um, when I was a, when I was a kid. I remember him doing that. Um, and then up until I found out what he did to my mom that was my experience of him and then once I found out what he did I kind of made him the bad guy and I just completely shut that all off Mm -hmm. right and so I felt that my dad was the one that was actually able to listen to me Um, and my mom was always the very strict one Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and, and very almost like a (laughs) i get a little tired just like like always telling me what to do right (laughs) and uh, i love her to death and like that she was doing her best at that point that that was my experience of her when i was a little little kid and so yeah my mom was the strict one and then my my dad was the one i felt that actually cared about like my feelings and my experience Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: like yeah just wanting to like play and have fun more so depending on what kind of strengths you're talking about like my mom was strong in like making sure i got shit done (laughs) her way right and then my dad was strong in the sense that um he actually wanted to listen um and that kind of shifted after we found out he what he did to my mom. Yeah. So uh, the way that he showed up thereafter was um a different experience than when before I found out.
0: Mhm. Yeah. yeah. So what's what's your relationship with them now?
1: And my relationship with them is so beautiful now. Um I over the last 2 years um, a lot of these things have resurfaced and that's why I'm able to speak about them in the way that I am right now without having any kind of like heavy charge to the the memories or the traumas or the situations that I was in. And I've come to a place now where I'm we're in a very loving relationship, uh, me, my mom and my dad and very supportive of each other um very uh we've been willing to really hear and understand each other
0: mm-hmm. which
1: has been a huge work in progress especially with my dad um yeah. and it's yeah I, I told my dad like a couple weeks ago that like I would really I really did appreciate how he showed up for me when I was a kid how he always played with me and he always like you know all those things and and told him that I I told him I told him that like I made him the bad guy ever since I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. I felt that uh, the whole family did that to him, and that I told him that like I forgive him. and that was that was a very special moment um for us and and uh our our relationship hasn't been the same since like I, I feel a softness now between mm-hmm. us whereas before it was just very like tense and and like we're kind of talking at each other and and now there's just like a a willingness on both sides to to really hear and and understand each other
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah what a beautiful story and I thank you for sharing that and that you guys were over able to overcome that as mm-hmm. a family and I think what I'm most curious about, too, is you said something that um was really interesting, and that was you taking on a masculine role when you were nine years old. And I, I just wanted, mm-hmm. I'm curious about your journey and relationship with masculinity. What does that mean to you before? And what is a healthy version of that for you currently?
1: Mm-hmm. I love that question and at 9 years old it was just the perceived i need to step up as the man i didn't even know what that really was at that when i was that age right but what i did know was at that point when i was 9 years old was that i made the the main male figure in my life i made him the bad guy so from that point forward i villainized mm-hmm. the masculine because of because i made my dad the villain right and and so i didn't really actually know what a what like a real healthy male masculine individual um really was i didn't really know what that was um, growing up and the only thing that i would kind of attach to that was like oh the the masculine role is the provider role mm-hmm. right he provides for his family and that's like a kind of like the blanket statement of of what i <clears throat> what i made the masculine mean um and from that point forward so like for the next 20 years of my life since nine years old to like my, to like my, when I was about 30. Um, I'm 34 now. What I, what happened in my life from vilifying the masculine in my dad was I also vilified the masculine in myself. And so just as much as I like judged him as the bad guy i i i turned into the bad guy myself because of that which i judge is what i judge myself right and i started to just think that being a man is being able to just do what i want and that's like that that was the rebel that like started to emerge and really um act out right and yeah that got me in all sorts of trouble i i um I got involved in the world in the underground world of sex work, like I was dating sex workers and getting involved in the business and um yeah, and then at one at one point I I got robbed at uh one of the places that I was staying in and that was like a huge like wake-up call because like up until that point like i had this like ego of it's like oh wow like i'm doing all this like i'm really starting to 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 just do the thing do everything on my own terms per se right and um and that was like a wake-up call of like yeah this this life is not actually not that aligned for you And so like, it was like this, this death of the, that part of me that felt that in order to be a man is just to do whatever the fuck you want. Mm -hmm. And so from that point, um, I fell into this deep depression, suicidal ideation and, got into this very dark place where um, I I lost hope in in life and I almost felt like I didn't have any will to live. And I remember there was this voice in me that was just whispering to me one day um, telling me that I'm gonna get through this you're going to get through this nathan you're you're meant for something great and i didn't know where that voice came from at the time i know now that it was the voice of god in me and i listened and i was like oh wow like okay like i'm gonna i'm gonna start kind of re reinventing myself and um started with fitness and nutrition and then i got a job and then i worked up the corporate ladder and then this amounted to all this success that i never actually saw before for myself and um and i thought okay this is it this is what being a man is and right and now i am totally like reinventing myself again because that was coming from a place of wanting to cover up all the shameful things that i did at one point and now i'm reinventing myself in such a way that i'm aligning myself to my purpose and building from that place and that's what i feel like being a man really means nowadays is like a man is aligned with his highest purpose in life yes. and, and that and that it's purpose first everything second and and that's what I've been really getting clear on in the last couple of months mm-hmm. It's like why am I here on this planet that I'm here to I'm here to make this planet a better place from from just Being from just me showing up and being of service to humanity, sharing my gifts, sharing like my the lessons that I've learned from my experience with the world. As there's yeah, there's 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 a lot that I'm able to share with the world. And I believe this for everyone. Everyone has their own unique gifts to be able to share. In such a way that is it's fulfilling to share and it's also needed for people to to um be, get inspired and 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 really know that they deserve a life that they they dream for
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: because if i could if i if i went from a place of like not wanting to live to now wanting to like live my dream life if i can do it anyone can do it
0: exactly and i wanted to give the listeners a little bit of a background as in we're talking about masculinity and Mm -hmm. in the mental health world there's what we call polarities Mm -hmm. feminine masculine dynamics where In true balance, um you have both both maybe you might be dominant in one area, and it doesn't have to relate necessarily to what gender sex you were born in. But what Nathan is talking about is you truly get a, an idea with the identity of masculinity usually from your father and then your femininity from. Your mother. So, depending on what household you grow up in, you're going to see that as your first example straight up. How should I act as a female? How should I act as a male in this world? And what Nathan is talking about is him having to step up in a male figure dominant role and not truly know what that is supposed to look like. He's taking influences from culture from TV shows, from movies on what being a man should be like. Uh, But in this type of work that he's doing, he is now discovering, okay, healthy masculinity is aligning with your purpose and that being your number one priority. All the other stuff is stuff that society has told what man should be. And those could be around not expressing your feelings, always Mm -hmm. appearing to look strong, being the provider for the family, a lot of sacrifice. I could go on, um, Mm -hmm. but those strong narratives of what's been presented doesn't necessarily mean that that's what a healthy role is like. So Nathan, I appreciate you going through your journey and figuring out what this identity of health, healthy masculinity means for you. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I would love to hear more about your experience, where you are at now and what and how you're working towards the healthy masculinity identity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, I totally resonate with everything you said um in terms of how like those two energies is, exist in all of us the masculine and the feminine and um i believe to be in the healthy masculine is to be able to hold both of those energies and welcome them and honor them in yourself and myself I'll speak for myself and so and so what that means is honoring When honoring the feminine in myself is allowing myself to feel allowing myself to have emotions and not and not suppress them which is what so much of us men have been taught to do because we've been told emotions are weak like don't be ruled by your emotions yes there is like a there is weight to not being ruled by emotions but in order to not even do that on a on an on an in an embodied way is to actually feel through the emotions and and then come to a grounded place where i can make decisions right and so that is very key um honoring the feminine within and when we on when we when we as men are able to honor that in ourselves then we can honor it in other people, right. In our, in our feminine partners who, if they bring something to us, like we can honor that and hold that space for them to feel through whatever they're feeling through in a safe way. Right. Um, And so that's the feminine side of, of the man and the masculine side is again, stepping into, the like being a man of purpose being a man of integrity like how is do my actions match my words and i see this i see i see a disconnect in business a lot especially when i came from the corporate world right it's like we say one thing to the customer but behind the scene it's like it's really just about the, the numbers right and so um so having like having that alignment of purpose and and service is is so important and when i feel when those two pieces are dialed in that's when that's what a business is able to really be is to like be in true service to whoever the business is serving and also taking care of of the person that runs the business right um so I'm getting to business but like as a man um, I would say in terms the it, it all re- revolves around how dialed in, and disciplined and determined am i am i being when it comes to working on what is true to my purpose
0: mm-hmm. yes thank you for sharing and really there's not that many great examples out there um of what healthy masculine role looks like you have to look pretty hard <laughs> to mm-hmm. figure out um you know how to incorporate all of that the power the leadership the mm-hmm. push also stay in line with integrity and all of that comes first before you're able to provide for someone right and yeah. it's a, it's a hard mix to find someone who's strong in those values and then act upon from that place so i also wanted to bring up Um, Nathan, some some areas that you focus on in your life coaching business, which is sex and relationships. And Mm -hmm. along those lines, for you to be an Asian male, has there anything that came up as blocks or anything that you experienced within dating that you would like the listeners to know about?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, growing up, I from the dynamic that I described uh, that I had with my mom, I was a chronic people pleaser because I learned how to please my mom. And when I met women, um, that was like the same kind of way I would relate to women uh, in so many cases. Um, and this is something that I, I still learned to this day to unravel more of and i'm learning how to honor myself and speak the truth in a loving way and and to just be firm in who i am in myself right and not abandon myself to try and get a sense of connection and closeness because that's not true intimacy if i'm abandoning myself and um and so That has been my journey with relationships. Um, The reason why in my 20s, I got involved in the world of sex work was because there was an addiction to the, oh, I don't have to like actually communicate my needs in order to get what I want, right? And so now it's like, no, that's not the way and it showed me that, like, okay, like, there's what I've been practicing the last ten years is to to learn how to speak to my needs mm-hmm. and what I want from women, and while also inviting them in and and um allowing space for what the woman wants as well, mm-hmm. and um, that has allowed me to really start to. Uh, be a part in a lot of heart opening relationships with women that like women that I never dreamed of I would be able to date before and now I'm really starting to attract more aligned partnership and um and and also with that when we have true intimacy is when the sex really starts to level up because there's a level of safety and a level of openness and a level of playfulness that is starting to be able to um flourish because of the communication and asking and and like being being open to what both parties want
0: mm-hmm.
1: and having that play together yeah is, uh, yeah that's that's been my journey yeah
0: <laughs> What a beautiful journey and explanation of how you found balance between the two, especially when you've been on the opposite end and just unhealthy dynamics,
1: Mm -hmm, relationships
0: mm -hmm. that kind of brew from a place of fear and misunderstandings. And and now you've been able to be aware and recognize what's possible out there, true, deeper meaning, deeper connections with people in the opposite sex which is so beautiful and so amazing that you're on this journey so we're down to the episode where i get to support you and anything that is present in your life whether you're facing a challenge or a goal that you want to get into so how can i support you
1: yeah thank you so much this has been great um something that has been alive for me is I'm really feeling into how it is that I want to honor the lineage of my ancestors. Um, my grandfather just passed away yesterday. and uh, And i've been really just sitting with the the um the respect and the honor that i feel for this man and um the sacrifice that he made to be able to provide his children and his children's children which is me provide all of us this opportunity um, here in Canada to, to really build a different life. And, um, and so with, in terms of support, I, I'm just really wanting to get even more clear on how it is, that uh, how, how I want to really honor him and um how to how his legacy is also my legacy
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and that's so that's so beautiful and i'm sorry for your loss i lost my grandfather last year too and i know what it feels like so thank you and for sharing that and Mm -hmm i would like to know what do you what did you like about your grandfather
1: yeah yeah um he was always very um blunt <laughs> <laughs> um and underneath this the that energy like when he was blunt and underneath his um he 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 was he was not one to ever take anything too seriously um and and um and he's he enjoys food a lot and enjoys his family a lot quality time. I've always felt that there was just this unconditional love that always came from him, whether or not he expressed it, it was just an energy that I felt from him and um yeah just like his love for his family was was just so so abundant um that um yeah it was really felt by everybody and um That would be what I would say is like the the most the most like meaningful quality that I see in him mm-hmm. um, yeah, aside from that, um he was very. It was very um i've heard stories of him always like taking his children out to to the park or out in nature just to like experience life mm-hmm. and um and that was that those those like habits of of just going out and exploring the world uh was passed down to us and that's sort of like just the exploration and an adventure um and and play uh mm. that was that was uh a very key element in our family
0: yeah yeah and and that's such beautiful qualities because what i heard from that was first of all he was a man of unconditional love he mm. Like he was a fun person, and he allowed play in the household things that I didn't get to experience. So I'm actually just so happy to hear
1: yeah.
0: that you were able to experience that from your grandfather, yeah. and those yeah. are the things that stood out to me that you you can continue to pass on to your your kids and live through. Mm-hmm. Because um, mm-hmm. those are things that I have to relearn how to do mm. and I want to celebrate you for being able to realize that and reflect on the wonderful mm. things that your grandfather get to provide yeah. for you
1: yeah thank you for that reflection because there's this notion of um of uh in in the in the personal development world and the healing and everything that it's like generational curse that has been passed down and and it's like yeah i could look at it from that lens and also there's been so many gifts that have been passed down and i'm just really allowing myself to really let that in now and and it's it's huge it's huge and how i'm like able to receive these gifts from from generations before me
0: Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and from your your statement in the beginning just trying to figure out ways that you can honor your lineage and in reflection of your grandfather what are some things that you might be able to provide for people whether that's supporting people sharing insights on how to add these wonderful qualities that your grandfather um, has provided for your lineage, how can you see those two coincide with each other? Yeah.
1: Wow. Um, I'm just acknowledging that I'm already doing that. I'm already sharing I love unconditionally to so many people, and I'm ready bringing my play to 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 life, and to family and and everything, and to to friends. Um. And it just gets to be even more of that. It's just yeah, just creating more um creating more impact in the world through just me showing up in my unconditionally loving and playful self and serving people the people i coach the the people i work with the like all like whoever's in my in my world gets to experience more of that that energy gets to continue to be shared with everyone Mm -hmm. oh my god wow
0: (laughs) exactly you're already doing it you're the source
1: yeah yeah
0: now how does that feel to talk about that what does unconditional love feel like to you
1: it feels like um just loving people where they're at um not everyone's not everyone's going to be the same um at the same level of healing and 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 self-awareness as where i am and some people will be more have more of that than i am and and to just love everyone where they are at and not wanting them to be any different um and when i speak to this i'm thinking about my brother um because i feel that um we've had some disagreements in the last two years and um i i get to practice to love him where he's at and and just i don't need to be there as his coach he doesn't need to be here as my doctor because he's graduating med school like we just get to be brothers Mm -hmm. and 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 experience that
0: yeah and And what a level of growth that you've gotten to, because it is really hard to love someone where they're at when you <laughs> can see what their potential or you want their potential to be.
1: It oh, is, fuck, tell me about it. <laughs> it
0: is super difficult. I mean, I, I think about my little sister and how much I wish she would avoid the mistakes that i made in life. But when you truly love someone, you got to let them figure it out. And that's-
1: mm-hmm
0: that's a sign of how you show true love to someone. You have to let yeah. them figure it out as much as you want them to avoid it. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, what came through for me as you said that is, like, I've went through my rock bottoms, right? And and my rock bottoms have showed me the contrast of what I actually desire in life and we can't save people from their rock bottoms because sometimes they need that to to see that there is another way and totally and like and what and what what would actually be more beneficial is just to just to be a loving unconditionally loving presence when they are if if they do get to that point Mm -hmm. and if they don't still just like hey like i love where you're at and 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 just being present with whoever they are in the moment and loving them anyway
0: Mm -hmm yeah and that's that's true acceptance Mm -hmm. accepting someone it takes a lot of patience a lot of patience compassion for them no matter how triggering it is for you to watch them go through their challenges or struggles but so that's the ultimate form i think you you know message for parents for older siblings aunts uncles um You know, just uh, something to keep in mind as you have to watch people sometimes go through their own journeys and not be too influential in it, because sometimes they maybe need to hit that rock bottom, like you said, mm-hmm. so they can get to their fullest potential.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we, I feel that, Um, I feel that it's especially um, present in asian culture because like we're always trying to save the person from going through too much pain right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> right it's like don't don't take too big of a risk or don't like experience too much pain or else like you know like we don't trust you to actually be able to figure it out but most well human beings are fucking resilient motherfuckers like we'll we'll figure shit out right and and um and and robbing people of that experience is robbing them of actually finding out what true strength is
0: exactly and i actually had noticed this when listening to um some folk stories folk stories from Asian books and a lot Uh of that core takeaway is don't ask too many questions (laughs) Mm. like don't be too curious those were some of the takeaways Mm. in a lot of folk stories so
1: that is interesting and also the the so backwards
0: (laughs) yeah yeah curiosity
1: is 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 what makes life life
0: yep yep um so yeah i'm so happy that you were able to share those deep things with me and i just wanted to circle back and make sure that you feel complete and i'm so excited to hear about your realization of what you're bringing to this world and perhaps you can reflect on you know, where does the unconditional love live in inside your body um, if it's present somewhere? And usually what I like to do is I like to envision something, whether that's something symbolic, like a animal or some kind of a cartoon figure, something like that, to just really bring that out when you do need it in, in tough times
1: hmm it's definitely in my heart um it's definitely on fire (laughs) yeah and uh I am born on the year of the dragon and so the dragon is very symbolic for me and dragon is fierce the dragon is powerful and able to hold that level of love, that level of unconditional love, no matter what the circumstance is, no matter <clears throat> no matter what um, judgments may arise from myself, of other people those judgments are mine and i i have the power to 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 take ownership of that and and love people anyway
0: yeah yeah what a beautiful symbolic character for you and i i love it and fire is a symbol of passion and you mm-hmm. have passion Nathan
1: thank you thank you
0: well there you have it folks Thank you for listening to this episode. If this was helpful for you, please hit subscribe or leave a review. If you think someone else needs to hear this, please share it with them. It is time to start healing as an Asian American community, and we don't need to do it alone. Peace and many blessings.